Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is just a general disclaimer that will be added on to the rest of my episodes from now on. If you have not seen the episode that I'm recapping, please go ahead and watch it before you listen to this because I would feel really bad if somebody got spoiled, whether it's on accident or on purpose. Um, if you really don't want to watch the episode, if you're just you know kind of bored of the season, then that's fine. But just be really mindful of it. Uh, I just, like I said, I would feel really bad if you spoiled yourself and you didn't mean to. So just keep this in mind for the future. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Happy Thursday. I want to start today's episode by apologizing that I didn't end up recording last week. I was having some throat issues, just having a little bit of a sore throat. You kind of know how it is, but I feel a lot better now. So I'm happy that I'm able to record this week and not take another week off because I like doing this so much. Taking any time off is kind of weird. I know we can all use a break sometimes, but I really enjoy doing this. So I don't foresee that I would need a break in the very near future, which is really good. But I do want to recap last week a little bit, just for anybody who maybe watched and just wanted to hear my thoughts on it. So Kyle and Cam won the challenge, and the house selected Michi and Amber to go in. They're very surprised by that. Um, Kyle and Cam decided to send in Nani and Josh kind of an easy opportunity for them to get a skull because neither of them are really good competitors, but they could easily beat Michi and Amber. And Josh ended up beating Michi. He won his first elimination, which, I mean, I got to give him props. I'm not a Josh fan at all. I actually really don't like him at all. But, I mean, he won. A win is a win, and I can't take that away from him. But all of the schools for the men are taken now, so I think that he might be the first target, either that or Devin. But I think that both of them are going to be the first to get their schools taken away, or at least have people attempt to do so. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Especially Corey, he really wants his skull. CT does too, but he doesn't talk about it as much. So I think that there might be room for Corey to go in and get his skull from either... Devin or Josh, because I don't think he's going to be able to take it from anybody else. But we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, Also, in last week's episode, Amber B ended up turning against Amber M because she wanted to stay loyal to her Big Brother alliance. We haven't really heard a lot about her being part of it, but now it's becoming clear that she is part of it and she wants to stay loyal to them. But, of course, that means that the Rookie Alliance isn't going to trust her which includes Amber M, Gabby, and probably to an extent Big T, because Big T is friends with all of the girls, so she might side with Amber M and Gabby. And they all end up confronting each other. Amber M calls Amber B fake. She says, you looked me in the eye and you said that you weren't going to vote for me, and then you did anyway, which is kind of part of the game, to be honest. People aren't going to tell you the truth all the time. And maybe Amber B didn't think that she was going to vote her the full time, which she didn't. It was kind of like a last minute decision, at least how editing made it seem. But the way that Amber M made it seem was that they talked about it all the time. But then Amber B was always thinking in the back of her head, like, I should vote in Amber M. But be watching the episode, it just didn't really seem like that. But now they have beef. 
Now Amber M um, has convinced Gabby to have beef with Amber B. So it's kind of just a lot of beef and a lot of arguments. So I think that that alliance is shot. It's probably done for. So they're likely going to target each other in the future, which is kind of a bummer because I think that the rookies could have made it far if they stuck together. But that just seems to never happen. And they always end up turning against each other before they turn against the people who actually really want them gone. So they're not really good at keeping their supporters close. So I think that the rookies are not going to last for much longer. Uh, another interesting scene that we get a little bit after that is really something that's not talked about on TV often, or really at all very often, Uh, Corey and Teresa are talking about being parents and Teresa talks about her postpartum depression, which basically just being depressed after you have a child. I mean, obviously I've never been through it and I've never really heard people talk about it, which is kind of crazy because I'm a woman and like other women don't really talk to me about it. Yeah, but she said that she didn't want to sleep because she was afraid that something would happen to her son and she just felt really depressed and sad which is really unfortunate, but it really kind of opens your eyes to what pregnant women go through before and after pregnancy. It doesn't just end, and it really kind of opens my eyes to what people go through and what I can expect if I'm ever pregnant. So it was a really sad segment, but it was also really like good educational segment, kind of like what happened with Leo before he quit when he was talking about living in the group home and um, just feeling very triggered by everything that was going on in the house. So I like that they're bringing out these like woke moments, the ones that really start to make you think about what else is happening in the world. Because right now it's really hard to kind of um, be open to new things because you're secluded in your own little world. But moments like this are kind of helping you realize Like, hey, there are other things that I may not ever have to experience. I may not ever live in a group home. I may not ever have a child. I may not ever have mental health issues. But I think that's the cool thing about reality TV is that it really is real. And it really exposes you to these things. So I'm glad that we're getting moments like that. Instead of useless drama that doesn't really teach you anything. There are a few challenges in challenge history that are always really exciting, whether it's balls in, hall brawl, um, pull wrestle, like those are all mainstays that we can usually think of. Um, But a challenge that I think is the most exciting for me is trivia. Uh, I love trivia because you kind of get to see like who's really smart and who's kind of like playing it up for the cameras. I think people talk really loudly and try to sound confident when they're really not that smart. And then people kind of try to sound dumb when they're actually very intelligent. And obviously trivia is probably not the best indication of that, but it really does kind of show like, hey, maybe this person is a lot smarter than I thought, or maybe I can't trust this person, or maybe they really don't know what they're doing. Uh, The new format that TJ decides to bring is pretty hilarious. Uh, So basically, they have to hold on to a bar, and it's whoever, I believe, gets the most questions right or hangs on the longest ends up winning that heat. There are two heats, and then the person who does the best ends up winning along with their partner. And so I kind of like that format. 
And I also like that now they're adding a sabotage element where if you get the question right, you can sabotage somebody else. The things that I don't love about this new format is that you could be doing well, but you could still end up falling off if you can't hang on, which I think that trivia should just be who does the best with the questions, not who can hang on the longest. Because you could be getting every single question wrong, but you could still win if somebody falls off before you that's doing really well. I also didn't like that it was only true-false questions. I like the ones where people have to guess what the answer is. Like, what's the official language of Australia? Or, um, who's Mahama Gandhi? Or I don't quite remember what that question was. But kind of funny moments like that, where you know that the answer is wrong, but it's very funny and people can talk about it for a really long time. But immediately you start to see people sabotaging each other. Like, sometimes they try to go for the people who they don't think are going to be that upset, but other times they just go for people who they want out. Um, Amber B is obviously a target by Gabby, specifically. Gabby keeps kind of sabotaging her, but she does sabotage Josh once because Josh sabotages her, so it's kind of give or take, eye for an eye sort of thing. But Amber B sabotages Gabby, so... Obviously, they're going to sabotage each other, so maybe they shouldn't have been put in the same heat because it's kind of obvious. But I was very happy because Jarrell seemed very nervous to get up there, and I've even read that it took probably a half hour or so to coax him like, to get up there and actually compete because he was so nervous about falling in the water, and then he ends up winning his heat. And then for the second heat, Big T is very nervous, but she doesn't end up winning. She ends up, I think, falling off first, which kind of makes sense because she's smaller. She's more afraid to hang on, and, you know, she doesn't really see any interest in winning. But the second heat kind of bothered me a little bit because I think that Cam would have won, but she ended up getting disqualified because she was hanging on to the bar or the sides of the bar, even though it was never really stated that she couldn't hang on. She did get two warnings, but I think that TJ should have just said, oh, you know what, you hung on once, like, you gotta go. You're disqualified. Or maybe at least waited till the end. Even though if she had not been told that she was in trouble and then found out after the challenge was over that she didn't win, I think a lot more people would have been upset. But still, it was kind of annoying because she would have won. She, I'm pretty sure she ended up hanging on longer than Nam did. So you shouldn't have declared him the winner. I think that it should have been based on who hung on the longest. And there was no rule that said that she couldn't hang on to the sides. I'm pretty sure other people did as well. Even if we didn't see it, I'm sure that somebody tried to do it and then ended up getting away with it. But it was pretty entertaining otherwise. Pretty funny questions, pretty funny answers. Corey didn't know what square root meant. Casey thought that wolves were vegetarian. And then I think there was another one that was pretty funny, but I don't remember what it was. There was a lot of questions about politics and the CIA, which I thought was really interesting. Because I'm like, oh, is the CIA sponsoring this season? Like, why do you keep asking about the CIA? But the funniest thing to me was that Nam, who ended up winning Heat 2, 
ended up getting more answers right about U.S. politics than the people who actually live in the U.S. Because he's from Germany. Or at least he lives there. He might not have been born there, but that's where he's from right now. So he's not from the United States. They're not in the United States right now. So he's probably never even been to the United States, yet he knows all of this information. Which, again, like I said before, you know, you can really seem like you don't know a lot and then end up coming out on top. So that's why trivia is my favorite. It's also really funny, and I just like trivia. So it would be cool to be able to participate in one of those, one of these days. If you weren't sure how smart Darrell was before this episode, I think you know now. Because he made it very clear that he was nervous to participate because of how high up he was, and he was afraid to fall. So therefore, not a lot of people tried to sabotage him, because if you try to sabotage somebody who's scared, you're going to seem like a horrible person, and you're going to get targeted right away. So a lot of people tried to essentially keep him safe, which ended up helping him, because he was able to answer the most questions correctly, and he was able to stay up there the longest. So therefore, he wins the challenge along with his partner. And Gabby is already very concerned because she has beef with Amber and she's afraid that she's going to get thrown in. But as we end up finding out a little bit later in the episode during the nightclub scene that we end up getting every single episode, um, Amber says that she doesn't really want to throw Gabby in because she doesn't feel like it's the best thing for the game. And then Gabby agrees. She's like, well, it's not good for my game. It's not good for her game. Like, you should try to get Teresa out, who has been public enemy number one for a couple weeks now. And I'm kind of surprised that Gabby wasn't a little bit more grateful. It kind of seemed bullyish the way that she said it. Because she was like, well, it's not good for your game anyway. So she tried to make it seem like she cared about Amber's game, but she really doesn't. Which, I get why she's upset, but I just don't recall any time where the two of them had any issues. I She said that Amber was calling her weak, and she said that Amber wanted her to go in, but editing didn't really make it seem like that's the case. So I think the editing this season has been a little bit confusing, because now I'm just surprised as to why they have beef with each other. Even though it does kind of make sense because Amber M and Gabby are friends. And if Amber M has beef with Amber B, then obviously Gabby is going to have beef with Amber B. Because Gabby likes Amber M better than Amber B. There's too many Ambers, but that's the best way for me to describe. Um, So I get it. I'm confused too. There's a lot of drama going on and I'm upset that they had to have beef because now it's super confusing. Um... But besides that, Gabby's not going to end up getting thrown in. I think she's still a little bit concerned, but I don't know if she should be. Because, like she said, it's not really good for anybody's game for her to do that. The only person it's probably good for is Teresa, because now Teresa's going to be safe. But obviously, Amber wants to throw Teresa in because they've had beef before. Um, Teresa kind of yelled at Amber a couple episodes ago. She basically said, like, stay out of my business. Like, why is it a problem? Like, why are you getting so upset? I don't remember quite exactly what the argument was about, but they're on thin ice now. And I think it's best for Amber's game if she's able to get Teresa out. So she goes to her friend Casey, who's also part of the Big Brother Alliance, and asks her if she'd be willing to try to take Teresa out. 
Casey's just like, yeah, sure, like, I'll do it. No hesitation whatsoever. And that really shows you what type of competitor Casey is. Because she's not afraid to go in and face off against the good competitors. Which, you gotta give her credit for that. Like, if that's me, I think I would be a little bit nervous. But she doesn't really care who she goes against. Like, she'll go against anybody. And that's how she was during Big Brother 2. She was kind of low-key. She played a pretty chill game. And then, when it came down to it, she really kicked it into gear. And that's why she was able to win. It's because she was able to play when it was most important. So it's kind of resonating in her challenge experience. And she's really not annoying me as much as she usually does. Um, Last season, I didn't like her a lot. I just, not because she annoyed me, but I felt like she didn't really need to be there. She didn't really do anything. But this season, she's really kind of bringing the competitiveness. And I'm actually rooting for her to do well. Because this is the type of competition that we want to see. We want to see people who want to settle issues in elimination. People who aren't afraid to go in and risk their chance in order to get a skull. People who actually want to be there to compete. Not to just be there to drink or just to have a good time. Casey wants to compete. And she deserves a lot more respect for that. And I hope that people can see that. And again, like I said, I hope she ends up doing well. And I hope that she gets a chance to really prove herself because I think it's going to shut all of her doubters down if she does well in this next elimination. This week's house vote was a little bit anticlimactic because a lot of people were just sitting there and not talking. There wasn't a lot of conversation going on because it's been made pretty clear that the entire house wants Teresa to go in as referenced by the house vote because everybody ends up voting her in except for a few people. But I was really bummed out that she didn't end up trying to fight for herself. Fight not to go in. Because what if Corey would have been the one to go in? Then she would have felt bad. Which, it already happened to one of her partners. And it could happen to the other one. It's, you know, Corey's kind of cursed. All of his partners have gone home. And it would be just his luck if his partner didn't try to fight for herself. And then they ended up going in. And it turns out... Corey's the one who's actually competing. So that would have really sucked. But that would have been just total like proof that he's cursed. But I was bored with it. Um, I wasn't surprised that Teresa and Corey ended up being voted in. I think the only person who didn't vote them in was Anissa. It didn't seem like the whole house voted them in. Which I know that they didn't. I know that somebody did not vote them in. Somebody did a burn vote. But I think the whole house voted for them instead. And uh, Darrell says that he thinks that Amber should try to go in and get her skull. Now might be the good time because uh, obviously Amber doesn't like Teresa and they've had issues in the past. So it might be best for them to try to hash it out, the two of them. Because that's how it's been in the past. If you have issues with somebody, you want to go into elimination and prove who's the best. You don't want people to just do your dirty work for you. And Leroy also makes the point that you shouldn't be afraid to go in and get your skull. Because you might as well take the opportunity when you can because you may not get it again. But you also have to be careful. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. 
like if you feel really confident and you say, well, now is the only time I'm going to be able to go in and get my skull. And then you end up getting a really strong competitor and you lose, you're probably going to feel ridiculous. But you're also going to feel ridiculous if you never take that opportunity. So I think that Darrell wants her to just take the opportunity now. Um, but I think what he doesn't realize is that Teresa is a very strong competitor. And ultimately, like, the strongest competitor is going to win. And Amber might not be able to beat Teresa. So the thought process is kind of interesting there. But we'll just have to see what happens. Um, maybe she'll decide to go in. She said that she would go in if she felt like she could win. But if she doesn't feel like she can win, she'll send in Casey. Because Casey's already down to do it. So either way, it might be a win-win situation. Just as long as Teresa ends up going home. Amber decides that she's not going to chance it and try to defeat Teresa herself. So she ends up throwing Casey in. And her reasoning is that she doesn't really know what the elimination is, so she's not going to go for it. And Darrell is a little bit upset because he thinks that she should take the chance now and she may not get it again. But you have to kind of uh, listen to Amber here because it's basically her decision. She can decide whether or not she wants to go in, which is the great part about being double agent. You can go in if you want to or you can sit it out if you want to. So it's kind of trial and error, you know, it's kind of double-edged sword type thing where you may not get the opportunity again, but you also don't want to go home and you also don't want to go in if you're really not sure. So I think that she made a good decision because she threw Casey in who wanted to go in, who felt very confident that she was going to win. And this looks like something she can do well in, which is obviously evidenced by how it even starts off. It's... A repeat of a previous elimination this season, the one that Devin and Wes participated in. And Casey has the advantage because at the beginning, she's able to hold herself up and still pull herself closer to the poles. But Teresa falls on her butt and is therefore not able to gain a lot of leverage. And Casey ends up basically dominating. I don't think Teresa even got one before Casey was able to finish and win. It was said to go on for a really long time, but it seemed pretty short, and TJ made it seem like Casey absolutely dominated Teresa. So it was probably edited to make it seem like it was a lot longer than it really was. Like the elimination where Leroy beat Jay, it was only a minute, but it was edited to make it seem like it was at least 10. So that's, again, the editing, you never really know. But I like the timing updates. I like to know how long it took. So it really shows you who's really there to compete and how close it really was. And I think that Amber made a really good move for herself. Because it seemed kind of weak and kind of lame. But she ensured that Teresa went home. She kept the blood off her hands because she didn't need to do it herself. And she helped Casey win a skull. So Casey might help her win one in the future. Let's hope that Amber doesn't have to take Casey's goal because then Casey's probably, you know, going to feel pretty mad that she ended up risking her chance to go in or Amber might be mad that she gave Casey that chance because either one of them could win and either way it's going to be pretty bad. So let's hope that they don't have to go up against each other. But obviously with Casey winning ends up 
meaning that Teresa has to go, which is really sad because she got pregnant after her sixth season, which was really poor timing because she really could have been like a top competitor. But obviously she had to take time off and then she ended up not coming back for 10 seasons. But she's happy with the closure that she got. And even if we don't see her again, I'm glad that her story is ending on her terms. Terms that she's comfortable with. And she was able to prove her to her family something. She also proved that Corey is still cursed. Because now four of his partners have gone home. Tori went home. Natalie went home. Ashley went home. Now Teresa's gone. So Amber M is now his partner because uh, she was the rogue agent. So obviously she ends up with Corey. And it's kind of like a broken record. Corey, you're without a partner. Winner, do you want to stay with, uh, go with Corey or do you want to stay with your partner? And obviously nobody's going to willingly go with Corey. He just has the worst luck. And I really think that who's ever partnered up with him in the end is going to lose. But maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe him and Amber M will win. He wants to prove. I may or may not be the only one who feels this way, but I think that the first half of the season has been a little bit anticlimactic. But with the mid-season trailer, I do have high hopes that the rest of the season is going to end on a high note. Uh, it looks like there's going to be some pretty interesting competitions. It looks like there's going to be some pretty fun drama. Not just useless stuff like Devin saying Big Brother sucks and then everyone getting really hot under the collar and butt hurt. Because I'm tired of seeing that. But maybe we'll get something new. Uh, I saw that CT was yelling.